are listening to Up To Me Radio, the best in inspirational talk radio. It's up to me. Hi, this is Jimmy A. Light back again from Jimmy A. Light Inside Out. Today we'll be discussing, actually, I'm going to have a, a great friend on, um, and uh, Beth, and Beth will be discussing, and I will be discussing different modalities of health and healing, and um, so let's get right to it. Uh, hi, Beth. Hi, thank you so much for asking me to be a part of this. I was thrilled when you asked me. I thought, Psh, anything for you, Jimmy. Ah, uh, very sweet. You know I love you. Oh, I love you too. You've become such a good friend of mine. And um, hey, listen, you know what I would like to do? Of course, you and I, we we talk the same language. We we think alike. We are very, you know, connected in our, you know, spirit, mind, body, how we think the body heals itself. But, and I do want to talk about that. But what I would like to do is, since this is your third show, this is your first season at Up To Me Radio. I really would like to take a few minutes and let the audience get to know you a little bit. Would that be okay? Uh, yeah, I'm a little shy, but we'll give it a shot. You are so <laughs> not shy at all, at all. Um, and you know, I don't know how much you, you know, you want to go into, you know, you when you're younger and things like that, but I want to know, I mean, I do know, but I want the audience to know how you became such, you know, having this beautiful spirit and being so enlightened. And, um, can you kind of go back to wherever you want to, how you got, to be interested in maybe alternative health, more like mind healing, yoga, kundalini, and that sort of thing. And maybe explain what kundalini is as well. Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, you know, as a kid, I was very eclectic. So I had part of me that was, it grew up in a very, you know, rough uh, blue collar, I should say, area. Mm-hmm. And um, I was, Grew up a, to be tough, to be a, a tough guy, to be good in sports. Um, you know, very um, macho background, you would say. Mm-hmm. Um, I grew up in a large, large family. I had uh, we grew up in a house in Queens. At the time, it was a tough area, and we had uncles, and you know, we just lived in a, a three-family house with a lot of relatives in the house. So we were around a lot of macho men, and. Um, a lot of sports and I'm being tough. And there was another part of me though, that was very um, sensitive to life and sensitive in general. And I think that uh, when you have that kind of dichotomy, um, you, uh, you experience a lot. Mm -hmm. And I think in this particular life, I was supposed to experience a lot of things, both good and bad and everything in between. Um, So I experienced a lot of extremes. Mm -hmm. And I think one of the things that happens when you experience a lot of extremes is you kind of start to open your eyes and try to figure out why what's happening in life. Yeah, you're always looking. You're always looking. Why is this? And you're introspective and you're thinking. So go ahead. Yeah, no, absolutely. And and, and when you're in pain, you know, you want to you want to try to get out of the pain you're in. So, you know, you, especially when you're a kid, because you don't really know, you know, one day you're happy as hell 
and you're playing sports and you're like the best kid on the, on, on, on the team and, you know, and you're small, but you're tough and you're, you know, you're just super athletic and you're happy. And then you go home and you're like completely depressed and afraid and, you know, you're in an abusive environment also. And so, you know, you're, you're literally, your mood changes like back and forth between night and day. And you really want to try to figure out what's going to make you happy at a, as a young kid. You want to understand yourself. And it's very difficult at, at a very young age. I'm talking about like as young as, as like five, six, seven, eight years old. And, and, and this would continue out through my uh, teens and young adulthood and further on. But you want to understand what makes you happy because we all want to be happy. Right. And what, what's causing fear, depression, um, you know, uh, what you can do about abusive environments, how you can make yourself happy. So with that, I started to read a lot and soul search a lot. How old were you when was, you started that? Um, I think I was really young. Um, when I started like soul searching, probably about nine years old, okay. 10 years old. And at the same time, I was a, 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 a like a superstar, you know, athlete at that age. Uh-huh. So again, I go through these extremes back and forth. I, I don't know anyone that was going through extremes like I was going through. No, no kid that I knew of anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, so, yeah, you start soul searching and looking for something that's going to give you permanent peace and happiness. And um, I think that when you're that age, you don't really, you search, but you're not really sure where you're searching. You just, you're just looking. And I think that when I was about 14, it started, I started reading spiritual stuff and, you know, motivational stuff and psychological stuff on my own. And um, that became a big part of who I am today. I think it took, the one incident that rings true, maybe it was 13 actually, is when my aunt, my great aunt who lived in the same house as me, had cancer. And she was dying of cancer. And I remember coming home from school and my father meeting me at the door and maybe a couple of my uncles that lived in the house. And everyone was really distraught. And I saw all these macho men, these strong men, just falling apart. And I saw the inevitability of death. You know, we're all going to die. And um, she was relatively young. She was 73. I mean, age now that you get, when you get older, you kind of don't see age the right. same way. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, but, but, but she was 73. But the, the point of my, my, thinking was that, listen, we're all going to die. So it seemed like this was like this, this folly, like this, this, this one off that people don't die that people don't get sick. And I just didn't understand their line of thinking. And I wanted to understand how they got, they had no strength, how they didn't have any um, faith in anything. And um, knowing that this was an inevitable part of life, I needed to find out what this meant and how this um, how I can move forward with this. And I needed to explore what this all meant, this death thing and this sickness thing. And yeah, that led me to a lot of spiritual um, teachings and um, 
you know, positive thinking books and, you know, all kinds of different modalities to try to figure out things. Yeah. Well, you know, one thing that really impresses um, me about you, and I mean, this is the honest truth. I'm not trying to, you know, you know, say anything granular or anything like that, but you have such a good balance about you. You're very playful. You're very funny. You're very deep. You're very, but you just have this good balance about you. And I've known you for a while and we have been on the phone for hours at a time just talking and, and you have become such a good friend of mine. I have never seen you in a bad mood ever. Well, um, you haven't seen me before, you know, late for dinner or, or something <laughs> like that. You, you know, yeah. if I don't eat, I get very cranky. No, I'm joking. No, I mean, listen, we all got a, I, we all have our woody calls uh, that pulls out our heart. We all have things that I'll lose my temper or I'll be in a bad mood for a little bit, but then I'll just get right back in a good mood. You just don't so, use the phone when I call you in a bad mood. That's it. Okay. I gotcha. Gotcha. Well, you put me in a good mood, so yeah. <laughs> You're so sweet. There you go. There so you go. I know that you've actually helped me with my spirituality. You really have, and we've had conversations about that where, you know, you just have really inspired me to think outside the box and to pray more and to, you know, just be peaceful and, you know, ask for guidance. And so who was the one person in your life that really influenced you in this aspect? So I have a teacher that just left the physical plane, um, uh, spiritual teacher that just left the physical plane at 94 years old in December of, uh, last, last year. And, um, he was my, um, I was, I guess you would use the word baptized, um, in a Christian tradition. Uh I was baptized by him, um, about, I think I was about 2012. I want to say it was 2012. And um, he has done so many miracles and showed me so much uh, love and unconditional love and beauty. And um, I mean, he's charming. He was sweet. He was, you know, a doctor from, from, um, from Harvard and um, just everything you would look for in a teacher and more. You couldn't uh-huh. ask for more. But more than that, he was a miracle maker. He was a God man uh-huh. and fully, uh-huh. fully realized in God realization. So he performed and showed me not only unconditional love and happiness and helped me become fearless, but he also showed me um, miracles, miracles that were real miracles. I know everything in life is a miracle, but he showed me these supernatural miracles that he performed for me. Um, in a very quiet way and, a, and a, you know, he didn't take any credit for it. Um, he always gave his t- credit to his teacher that had passed on, of course, many years prior to me meeting him. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I was explained, I, he explained a lot about what happens in life and why's and why we're here and what we, what we've been in past lives and whatever's relevant for each person. For me, I was very lucky because he had a very strong connection with me. He had thousands of students, and he spent a lot of his own time just with me alone. And um, it was—it's quite a miracle for that to have even to have that kind of relationship with a teacher that's that busy to him give for him to give you this free time 
Um, when I say free, he never charged anybody for anything, but he was extremely busy traveling throughout the world, uh, even up to his, you know, 94th birthday. So he had no free time. He was spent basically with students and everything else. And he would see people very briefly if, you know, at, at big meetings he gave for two minutes or three minutes, uh, here and there. But yeah, I was lucky enough to get hours and hours and hours with him alone. So um, we had a very, very special bond. And mm -hmm. the reason why I'm alive today physically is because he saved my life many times. Yeah. Um, now, I do want to talk about that. But before we go any further, um, you know, I know a lot of people, I mean, you know, we read the Bible, we're, we're spiritual beings, we, you know, we hope hopefully our brothers and sisters are in this world, but you mentioned past lives. Um, I have had, I'm going to be honest and very raw right now since my mother mm -hmm. passed away in, and I know I've shared this with you, but she passed away in January of 2020 and um, didn't have the greatest relationship with her. But since she's passed away time after time, after time, after time, I have met people that have talked about past lives, talked about reincarnation on some level, talked about, you know, you need to be enlightened if you, you know, it, it, it's, so to me, it's almost like a gift from my mom because, and you're one of those people. So, and I know a lot of people don't believe in this and some listeners might have some pushback and, and might just, you know, stop the show right now. But I really want to know, what is your thought on past lives? Do you think when we pass, we go to heaven? Um, or some people think if you're enlightened, you go to heaven. And if you're not, then you're going to be reincarnated. What is your thought on that? Yeah. So, you know, Christianity had, you know, talks about reincarnation too, when it was taken out some of the stuff. Um, but it's mentioned twice in the Bible. About, it's mentioned twice in the Bible. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. So the, the deal is that we're not, it, it'd be very unfair. Just think about it. If we came here just one time and it was one and done. So we have to learn. It's like a school where we got to come back until we, until we learn our lessons, gain, gain our experiences. And um, then we, you know, the second law of physics is every action has an equal and opposite reaction. So we're here to pay our karma off, pay our past karmas off, create new karma, obviously, and um, eventually get our, mend our relationship back with God and get back with God. So I think that, you know, from a strictly um, non-experiential point of view, right, you, if you look at it as, as like a fairness thing, you could see that life is not fair on the on the face of on the face of it i mean some people are born healthy and rich and um maybe good parents some people are born with bad parents no money um all kinds of different variables right we all have mm -hmm. all kinds of variables. some people are gifted kids are gifted prodigies so we all have these gifts that we come back with and these are from our past lives mm -hmm. and some of our lives are tough and then what happens is if you're enlightened enough, you, you start to understand some of your past lives. You remember them or you might have experiences of, of your past lives. Uh, there's been a lot of studies done on this to prove it. But, um, you know, I was told about my past lives. I also had an experience with a, another teacher where um, 
I had a Kundalini awakening and spoke with him telepathically about a past life, about my life with him in a past. And I was very aware of the conversation going, going on. And it was a, um, it wasn't a dream. It wasn't in, and it was in another state of reality. And we spoke telepathically. And I said to him, Oh my God, I've known you for many lifetimes. Mm-hmm. And he laughed and he says, now you just realize that. And anyway, we had a conversation back and forth. I noticed that our lips, his lips weren't moving, but his communication to me was clear. Like he was talking to me. And I noticed that I wasn't moving my lips, even though I couldn't see myself because I'm looking at him. Um, and I realized we were talking telepathically. That was the only thing that stood out as different in my mind that I knew that everything else came out of my mouth or came out of my mind spontaneously. Mm-hmm. And so, and, and I know my past lives, I was a warrior in many lives. And that's not to be, again, these are the significant lives that carry with it a lot of lessons in karma. So, you know, being a high ranking warrior, I know everyone wants to be somebody famous or somebody, you know, everyone says they were uh, Julius Caesar or Cleopatra. But the fact of the matter is we lived probably thousands of lives uh-huh. and we do carry over from one life to the other. So our qualities and our characteristics do carry over. And eventually we have to pay that, that the price for that. So if, if you are, let's say like I was told I was by many teachers, I was a, um, I was a warriors in many lifetimes, high ranking warriors, uh, uh, uh the Han, I was a warrior in that thing, a high ranking captain. And I was a, Indian chief where I was a warrior many lives. Uh-huh. And so that's a lot of karma I incurred. Yeah. And you know, and that, that karma has got to be paid off. And so, and, and this is what that, that karma shapes your future life. Yeah. And it shapes your, and it shapes actually your tendencies in this life, your psychological tendencies, your spiritual tendencies, your physical environment and tendencies. So, yeah, it, it just makes sense on, you know, all kinds of levels, reincarnation. Now, when you have experiences of it, then then you don't, no one has to tell you anymore because then you've experienced it yourself. Just yeah. like, you know, no one has to tell you when you wake up in the morning that you're awake. Mm-hmm. You woke up from sleep, you know, uh, you're awake. So it's, when you're experiencing miracles and things like that, it's not a, it's not a belief so much anymore. It's a reality. Yeah. And, and so when you have these realities, it's not m- no more that I believe in reincarnation or I believe in, you know, this teacher, or I believe in that you have to have, it has to be based on real uh, experiences. Now, if or someone has that, questions about this, if they want to study this, if they were like, it's something I've, I've been somewhat interested in, but it's a little woo woo. Um, right. So how would you suggest someone start at square one. Is there a book they should read? Is there a movie? Are there YouTube videos? I mean, I'm certainly not going to give out your email and phone number, but if people want to explore this, where should they start? Yeah. I mean, look, there's, there's a lot of ways. First of all, there's got to be a calling, right? And there's got to be something inside of you that says, I really want I mean, look, let, let me break this down before I answer that question. The bottom line to everything is everything in life, every animal, every insect, 
a flower, people, we're all looking for more happiness and less pain. We all have the same desires, right? The desire to be happy, to be at peace, to be content, to not have anxiety, depression. No one wants death. Everyone has fears. So we can all agree that we want we want happiness. We can all yeah. agree that with that. Everything we do is based on I mean, we can all agree that we don't want pain. We can all agree on that. So let's start with that premise. Let's start with the fact that we want, we're looking for this. We don't even have to say it's God, right? We could say that that's what I'm looking for. Right. Now, yeah. how do we find that? Now, and, and the question obviously is most people look through the same process over and over. Oh, if I only had an extra million dollars, or if I only had this relationship. And I'm not saying any of those things are bad uh-huh. per se. What I'm saying is it's never enough. Is never enough. Right? right. So then you start looking for God. And now your question was, how do I start? Well, you start by I think the first thing is that you have that you have to have that craving, that intensity to say, I want more. I, I, I've seen what life has to offer me. Uh, it, it, I'm not happy. I'm not satisfied. Uh, it's not giving me what I wanted. There's something's missing. Right. And so that's a start. Now, how do you find the right teacher? How do you find a real teacher? Because there's a lot of fake teachers. There's a lot of teachers that are in between. How do I find the right teacher? That comes with, like anything else in life, comes with a lot of research energy, listening to YouTubes, going to buy books. I mean, my, I've read hundreds of books and I say hundreds, I haven't read them from cover to cover. I've skimmed through books. I've just gone crazy with books. Uh-huh. And I, I've been on YouTube and I've saw many teachers before I met my, my two teachers that I have actually one that left the earth and one that's here still. Um, and it took many teachers and many uh, books and many until I found the right one. So I think that the first step you take is you find out that you're hungry. Then you have to eat up and read and question and talk to other people that have, that have maybe you respect or think that made progress and ask them how they found it, what they found in their teachers, what specifically can they do? And I think, you know, if you have that person that can kind of guide you, that's a good start. I mean, use all the resources you have, like you would if you were looking for a job or you were trying to advance your career. How do we go about it is by doing your homework, reading more about your subject matter at work, talking to other people that were successful in the field. Um, again, it's, a, it, it, it's you have to be hungry. Yeah. And listening to people on YouTube talk, and then the next question is, how do you qualify a teacher? You don't. It's very difficult to find the right teacher. That's why it's good to find people that have found the right teachers, uh, because how would you know, you know, something that you don't know anything about? How would you know they all sound the same? Mm-hmm. So, it, you know, the first three things I would look at is, A, are they charging money? B, are they, you know, do they look at their past? Do they have any kind of, uh, egos and uh, are they egotistical or are they humble and money? And then the last thing is sexual. Have they done anything sexual, you know, uh, on, on 
kind of wholesome in the past? Do they have any kind of records that show them doing bad things? To, you know, so you have to do your homework. And then that's the beginning. Those three things are the first three things I would look at. Mm-hmm. And then after that, of course, you look at more things. And the more homework you do, the more you learn. It's like the miracles. The miracles don't come by themselves. They come with dedication and prayer and, um, you know, uh, surrender to your teacher. And then your teacher shows you the miracles. Right. And, um, now, yeah. you are a Christian. Um, so we can get that out there. You are definitely a Christian. Yes. Yes. Okay. So I know that um, um, Up To Me Radio is a, you know, Christian radio station. So I wanted to get that out there in case people were like, hmm, this sounds very, you know, unchristian like. Well, if you, you read any of the Christian, if you read any of the Christian mystics, you know, including the Bible, they're all saying the same thing. Yeah. So yeah. if you read St. John of the Cross, St. Teresa of Avila, uh, St. Bernard of Clairvue, I mean, any of them, they're all saying the same things as they are in the Bible. Mm-hmm. And, and, and so if you read these books, uh, the, all these, you know, um, these medieval Christian mystics, um, you'll see all the, the information, for something to be true, it has to be true for all time. Yeah. You know, if someone tells you there's little Martians that are running the world now, all the major traditions have said basically the same thing for the most part. And um, Jesus was you know, an incredible, um, you know, avatar, prophet, you know, some, you know, son of God, whatever. Uh And, um, you know, he was probably, you know, the ideal, the the ideal master, right? The Mm -hmm. ideal God man walking on the earth. And so, you know, everything he said and everything his disciples said are, are true. Just that some of it's, has to be some some of them are uh, allegoric uh, al- allegories and you have to um interpret them and sometimes you need somebody that's also god realized to interpret some of the things that were said and what context they meant to say them and how they said them mm-hmm. so um you know it's like anything else you know you go to school and you need someone to teach you you have a kindergarten teacher you have a first grade teacher you have a high school, a grad, a graduate school, an undergrad teacher, then a grad teacher. So you, you know, there's different teachers at different levels. Yeah. Uh, depending on where you're at on your journey. So, so I think that, that. No, I was going to say, so do you consider, where do you, where are you in that scale? I mean, you're certainly not a, a grade schooler. Are you high school, college? I mean, do you feel like you're close to a master level? Um, no, no. I think that I was fort- very fortunate that I've met some great teachers and I've had some great miracles, real miracles and insights. Um, but I don't consider myself, you know, um, I consider myself very grace and very lucky and, you know, someone that's just trying to help other people here and there. And, um, but I don't consider myself any more than that. No. Well, you know, I listened to both of your other shows on inside out and, um, Bonnie, she's very much, you know, shamanic mindset. Um, is that what this is or is this completely different? Um, so, you know, I don't know how far the shamanic mindset goes. Uh, know that the soul is beyond the mind. Mm-hmm. So, 
So there's things in the mind that we all talk about, but we confuse the words really loosely used, but the mind and the soul are different. Um, yes. The mind has many levels to it and layers to it. And you don't, don't forget the mind can be, you know, a great tool to get to the soul. Um, but it could also be your greatest enemy. So the yeah. mind is something we have to control, right? It's something we have to control because the mind either controls us through negative emotions and experiences and feelings and, you know, or it can be our greatest ass ally and asset yeah. and help us find God. And so, but the, but the soul and the mind are different. The spirit is different than the mind. Yeah. Well, like your second guest, Linda, she said, we have three bodies, you know, and I listened to that interview. She said, you have your energetic body, you have your spiritual body and you have your, um, physical body. So, yeah. And she's actually one that told me, she told me, I'm actually friends with Linda. She's the one that told me, you know, your chakras need to be in line. You need to like really study this. You need to very smart girl, very, very, very smart. And, um, if your crown chakra is open, um, and for those who are listening, if you're interested in chakras, I would love Jimmy, I would love for you to do a show on chakras, but, um, yeah, sure. um, she was the one that said your crown chakra needs to be open and um, to be completely enlightened. And then that's when you go to heaven and you won't be reincarnated. She did tell me that. So I, again, I've just been studying this because I, I find it very interesting. Well, I mean, I mean, ultimately, everyone's goal, whether we know it or not, it's like, you know, some of the people like golf, some people like baseball, some people like bowling. I'm using sports since I'm a sports guy. Um, but we're all, our, again, like I said before, our goal is always to be happy and to be secure and feel safe, um, fear, fearless, not, not be afraid of death or sickness. And it's, it's a lofty goal, right? But the only way we get there is through God. Mm-hmm. And so ultimately our, everyone's goal is to get back to God, whether they realize it or not, that's everyone's goal. You know, I've, I've also met teachers in the past who were doctors who had um, near death experiences. One was Dr. George Ritchie, who became a friend of mine. And, you know, he had this incredible near death experience in the fifties in the early fifties, I believe when he was a medic in the, in the army. And, um, and he, um, he literally died for, I don't know how long he died for He had pneumonia and he met Jesus and Jesus took him around and, you know, taught him things and showed him things. And it was an incredible, uh, incredible story. And I spoke with him after it. And what struck me about him was, he was so, as a matter of fact, about the whole thing and so sweet and so kind to talk to me and, you know, kind of gave me chills when I first spoke with him because, um, you know, the way he described his meeting and just so not trying to convince me of anything or, prop, you know, preach to me, just just answering my questions that I had. He was nice enough to take a call from a stranger and... um you know, tell me all the beautiful things that he learned with Jesus. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, that was another huge time in my life where, you know, I, I was going through, I think at that time they thought I had, I was about 30. They thought I had AIDS. Mm-hmm. So I called them up. And um, at that time, people were dying 
of age, yeah. like, you know, within a couple of years, three years. But in any event, he took the time. And I just remember it being so enlightening and so beautiful. I mean, he's such a beautiful person. And, um, you know, these things like this, you know, open the door for other things for you. And this is what leads you to the next step and to the next step and to the next step. So it takes a, a certain hunger, which leads to an effort on your part uh, yeah. to find God. And you and started at a young God age. Listen. You all start, you started at a young age. And how beautiful is that? You started as a nine-year-old, like thinking, and the passion was there. And then you started researching and look and, you know. Um, yeah, but uh, it was still a struggle. It was still, you know, yeah. I still had my karma in this life. Because remember, this went on for many years, and I was involved, you know, in one point in organized crime, and I was involved, you know, uh, you know, I, I mean, I went through many trials and tribulations. I was a vice president at the Boiler Room. I was a stockbroker, you know, from the movie The Boiler Room. Mm-hmm. Um, so I overcame and was involved in many things in this life that you would say were not too spiritual. Yeah, you know, and um, you know, I was a playboy, and so I had quite a crazy life. But the underlying push and the underlying hunger for spirituality was still there, and you know, I wasn't a horrible person, and I wasn't the best person. I think there was always that struggle um, between um, you know the mind and and the body and then the soul. And, um, but the best you you do, you do the best you can. And this is what I, this is what I tell people, just do the best you can, you know, and eventually, you know, with time and wisdom, you start doing better things and then you get opportunities to, um, to realize God more. You know, I just want to say right here, if any of the listeners have any questions for Jimmy, please email the station at info at uptomeradio.com. Again, that's info at uptomeradio.com. And Jimmy, if we get any questions, we'll make sure that Mel, our executive producer, gets them to you. But, um, you know, I just... Yeah, I'd be happy to answer anything. You know, and I mean, I think people are searching, people are hungry. And um, like I said, I've had so many people in the past two years come into my life talking about this very thing. And it's almost like, like I said, it's like, I, I feel in my heart, it's like a gift from a mom. Like you need to search this. You need to, you know, you know, really research it and think about your life and, and what you want for your life. And, and it is, it is a struggle. So I'm going to say that, you know, way back when, when they thought you had AIDS, that just ended up being an autoimmune disease, correct? Yeah, it was a very severe autoimmune disease. Actually, several diseases, but yes, yes, yeah. it was. And um, they they said it was a fifty fifty chance at the time that I had AIDS. So, mm-hmm. you know, based on my blood work and everything else, so it was a very trying time. Oh my, sure, I'm sure. And and I, and I, I lost my license, my stockbroker. I got in trouble at that time as as a stockbroker too. So I lost my license and. Um, yeah, there was just a whole bunch of things that happened all at once. I was hit with a lot of things at once. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
Well, you've really just, you know, kind of pulled yourself up from your bootstraps and um, just, again, this spiritual, beautiful energy about you. And I'm sure people can hear this in your voice. And um, do you find that people, I mean, there was an instant connection and your brother actually introduced us. So when, you know, when we first talked, I'm like, oh my gosh, he just has this really good energy about him. And it was over the phone. So, but do you find when you talk to people about this, are they like, hmm, okay, this is a little wacky. Or do you think people are really like fiercely interested in this? What's your perspective on that? I think most people are interested. Because mm-hmm. I spoke with guys in the mafia, I spoke with guys, and, and I, I speak with people of all levels, you know, from CEOs, I mean, you know, to uh, athletes, to mafia guys, to regular businessmen, to regular friends. I think everyone's hungry to a certain level. It just depends on what level they are. And no, I don't think they know me. So when people know you and they see, look, this guy's experienced a lot of things, he's, he's grounded. He's mm-hmm. not this flighty guy that's just, you know, you know, he's grounded. He's, he, he's in reality. He just has a, a taste or a knowledge of something else mm-hmm. um, that's a little bigger. So they see me as a regular guy, which I am. I talk about anything and everything, but, you know, and I'm very relatable. Yeah. You can relate to me. The only thing is that um, I've had this spiritual quest and the spiritual you know um, grace yeah yeah grace that i can share a little bit and you know that's what i want to do i mean i think i I've, my life has been spared many times with cancers and this and that mm-hmm. um hemorrhaging out um which is another story when i hemorrhaged out i should have bled to death um from the head i i mean i was anorexic when i before i got involved in the mafia i was almost a hundred pounds soaking wet. I'm like 170 now. So that kind of tells you I was a skeleton basically walking and I Mm -hmm. overcame that. Mm -hmm. So that was before I got involved in organized crime. I was two years anorexic. So I've experienced everything. Yeah. I mean, literally I've experienced like nine lives in one. And so, yeah, when I speak, you know, you know, I'm multidimensional. It's just not like uh, I'm talking about one thing. Right. But, right. But I just happen to be, and I'm very open and honest. So people could kind of tell, you know, when you talk that, you know, you're not, you know, you have no agenda. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, you just tell them, you just tell them the truth. And listen, I tell everybody, listen, don't believe anything I say or do. Go find out yourself. Yeah. And I think that's the toughest part is finding, and you and I have talked about that. I'm like, okay, who do I call? Who do I, you know, who do I become is going to become my master? You know, of course, you know, Jesus Christ. And, you know, I pray to God every single night. I have my, you know, I have a very good loving relationship and conversations with God and Jesus every single night. And I I thank him for our friendship. I want you to know that. But um, again, I really think this is going to be a two-parter because um, we're kind of running out of time here, but I didn't even hit on health and wellness because let me tell you, audience, Jimmy A. Light is one of the healthiest eaters. I thought I was a healthy eater. No, 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 no. Jimmy A. Light is 
so super duper happy that he puts my food to shame. So I would really like to continue this conversation and not wait so long to have a part two of this and really finish up the conversation and and talk about Kundalini a little bit more, talk about the spirit a little bit more, but then really get into the body because I think the body follows the mind and uh, completely different than the spirit. But um, would you be willing to do that? I mean, this is your show. I don't want to hijack it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I would, I'd love to. And we could discuss it more. And yeah, I'd be definitely open to discussing more things so that the audience members can, you know, can kind of decipher all the information that I have and see what applies to them. Yeah. So uh, how they can make it applicable if they believe that it, it is something that they can apply to themselves. So, yeah, absolutely. So we're running out of time. Let's do this. Let's go to commercial break and we'll be right back. Hi, we're the Goo Goo Dolls. We're fortunate that our daughters have what they need to grow and learn. But that isn't the case for nearly 13 million kids in the U.S. that struggle with hunger. Childhood hunger is a heartbreaking reality that Feeding America is working to change. Each year, the Feeding America network of food banks rescues billions of pounds of good food that would have gone to waste and provides it to families and children in need. You can help kids in need in your community by visiting feedingamerica.org. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. So I want to thank my guest, Beth. Thank you, Beth, very much for interviewing me. I hope you guys enjoyed the show. We're going to do a part two. So, uh, guys, you can look forward to that. I apologize for not being in and around the last couple of weeks. Uh, I did have a, uh, a shoulder injury that I've been um, going for rehab for. So, But I'll be around back on schedule again for more shows coming up. So stay tuned. I want to thank my uh, radio show hosts and everyone else for the production of this show, Up To Me Radio. This is Jimmy A. Light, Inside Out, saying goodbye, and we will talk to you guys. Hopefully meet up very soon.